Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lopez Talks podcast, a podcast where I talk about television, film, entertainment in general, technology, and gaming whenever I feel like it. And today I want to talk about the 2016 Royal Rumble. Now, for those of you who aren't pro wrestling fans or not particularly fond of WWE, well, first of all, that's a darn shame. Pro wrestling is just another form of entertainment, so you don't need to go ahead and bash it. Just like TV, we all know it's a scripted product. Um, so you don't have to keep telling us about it. Anyways, moving on to the Royal Rumble. Now, for those of you who are pro wrestling fans, everybody knows that the Royal Rumble is one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. It's one of the big four. The Obviously, the first being WrestleMania. You can, you can argue that the Royal Rumble might even be the second biggest pay-per-view of the year, or it could be behind uh, SummerSlam. So we got WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. This is one of the most important pay-per-views of the year with one of the most important matches of the year that sets up the WrestleMania main event. Now, obviously, for those of you who haven't been keeping up with Raw, this year's Royal Rumble has been different. Vince McMahon declaring that the World Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns, is going to be defending his World Heavyweight Championship in the actual 30-man Royal Rumble, which is the first time the championship has ever been defended. Now, for those of you who are saying, oh, Ric Flair has actually won the World Heavyweight Championship in the Rumble at one point, uh, the ch- title was vacated. So, no, the championship has never been de- defended in the Royal Rumble match. But other than that, that's what's going to make this Royal Rumble one of the most memorable. Now... It was in Orlando, Florida this year, my hometown. However, from all the Orlando events that I have been to, including WrestleMania 24, the crowds have always been kind of flat. WrestleMania 24 was a little bit of an exception, but all the SmackDowns and Raws, uh, even ECWs that I've been to, have all been extremely flat. The last time Monday Night Raw was in Orlando, the crowd was completely dead. Now, this is excluding the NXT crowd over there at Full Sail University. NXT, for the most part, always has a fantastic fantastic crowd, so you can't say that about them. But I was actually really skeptical about this Royal Rumble. Um, obviously, a lot of people thinking, oh, Roman Reigns is going to be another wrestler to win at the number one spot, Shawn Michaels being the first, Chris Benoit being the second. Oh, we just have to make Roman Reigns look strong once again. Now, a lot of people are hating on Roman Reigns. Obviously, last year he shouldn't have been the one to win the Royal Rumble, but this year... Because the title was being defended, there was just so many bad things that could have happened. For those of you who have not seen the Royal Rumble yet, this is a spoiler recap. Moving on. The first match of the night, Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship in a last man standing match. It's actually been some, quite some time we haven't seen a last man standing match, especially in the mid-card, making this Intercontinental Championship feel a lot more valuable than it has in quite some time. These are two amazing performers. Kevin Owens obviously getting snubbed for Breakout Star of the Year in the Slammies, and Dean Ambrose, who's been killing it ever since he debuted on the main roster. So many things that could have gone into this match that could have ruined both performers. Not ruined, well, hindered, uh, I guess, how strong they look in the mid-card. Uh, if they had Dean Ambrose lose, then his his first Intercontinental tam- Championship reign would have been 4 nothing. It would have been way too quick. And if they had Kevin Owens lose in a, I guess, a clean fashion, then it just would have made him more look like even more of a punk than he actually is. However, this match, from top to bottom, was booked exquisitely. A lot of great action happening throughout the match, a really physical match, and one thing that made this match just feel so important, feel so personal, and so important to both both of these in-ring competitors is this vocal aspect that we don't really see in WWE matches that often. 
how both of them yelling at each other, oh, I hate you, I hate you, and going at each other, being extremely visceral, extremely physical, slamming each other down to the mat, using weapons like they want to hurt each other, rather than, you know, prancing around the ring. These guys went at each other. This match was fantastic and a great opener to the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Right after this match finished, I really did not know how anybody, especially the Royal Rumble main event, was going to follow up these guys. They both killed it. And in my opinion, the way that they finished the match, the way that the ending of this match was booked, was probably one of the best ways to end the match in terms of maintaining Kevin Owens's appearance as a top heel. Because for those of you who don't agree with that, it's true. Kevin Owens is one of the top heels in the country. Well, in the company, not the country. Well, that too. He is one of the top heels in the whole United States. Heck, he's one of the top heels in the entire world. Argue with me on that. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Kevin Owens going stacking Dean Ambrose's lifeless corpse onto a whole bunch of chairs in in the corner of the ring, going for his signature moonsault that we all, all love seeing. And I was really hoping he was going to hit it this time because I'm pretty sure every time that Kevin Owens, a guy of his size, going up for a moonsault has gone for the moonsault since he's been in WWE, he hasn't landed it a single time, which sucks because he it's a great moonsault for his size. But he goes for the moonsault. We all forget that there's two st- tables stacked in the corner um, mainly because the cameras are not paying any attention to those tables anymore that were stacked earlier on in the match. Dean Ambrose g- gets up from the chairs, hits Kevin Owens, so he falls down straight into the tables. Boom, one, go count of 10. Dean Ambrose retains the title. Now, the reason why I feel like this was such a great ending, not many people can come back from a fall that high through two tables, not just one, and get up from that 10 count realistically, or at least in the wrestling world. If Dean Ambrose would have done so, if Dean Ambrose would have finished Kevin Owens off, you know, with that, um, with the dirty deeds onto the steel chair like he did a little bit earlier on in the match, I would have felt like it would have hindered Kevin Owens a little bit too much. He's already lost to Dean Ambrose a little too much in this rivalry for my taste. Um, but I, what I felt like him landing through the tables did was it kind of allowed it so that this rivalry could continue, which in my opinion I feel like it should. These guys have worked really well off of each other. And I just feel like they can even they could produce even more classic matches, um, and that's another point I want people. Some people try to argue with, with me on. This is a Royal Rumble classic match. In the next 10, 15, 20 years, when you go back and you look at, and you look back at the Royal Rumble matches, the the individual competitor matches, not just the Royal Rumble matches. If you go back to the pay per views and you look at the best matches at the Royal Rumble, this will be on the list. I guarantee it. So as I go on through these matches, I'm going to go ahead and rate these matches on a 1-5 to star basis. So Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose, the Intercontinental Championship, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 5 out of 5 stars. This was no doubt the best match of the night in terms of competition, in terms of storytelling, um, in terms of physicality, just great in-ring psychology throughout the entire match. It was fantastic. One of the best matches of 2016 so far, and... Hopefully, I mean, I hope we get even better matches throughout the year, but I can still see this being a match of the year candidate as 2016 continues on. Uh, Moving on from that match. Second match of the night happened to be the New Day, the champions, tag team champions, versus the Usos. Now, 
every time the New Day comes in to perform, they're always going to deliver. Nobody can doubt that. Whether you like their comedy act, even though their heels are not, these guys have great characters. They have great chemistry with uh, among one another, um, and they're all great in-ring performers. Going against the Usos, guys who have always been consistent in the ring, regardless of what anybody says about, about them being the John Cena's of the tag team division. Um, I feel like the hate towards them is very, very... It's not. It's not. Uh, it's unneeded. Uh, it's unjustified. Um, they per- they deliver in the ring every time they're in there. They have great characters as two twin brothers, always being in sync with one another. Uh, great high flying action as well as great power. I guess tag team power move action. Um, they're just a really dynamic duo. Now, I can understand why some why some people might be a little tired of the Usos, but keep in mind these guys have been on the shelf for a little bit. Uh, you know, with the in, with uh, I'm pretty sure it was Jimmy Uso who was injured for a while. Jimmy Uso being on the shelf for a bit. Tag team hasn't really been, you know, in action. So I guess I can understand to an extent why some people might be a little bit upset. Oh, the Usos just came back and now they're back into the tag team p- picture. Oh, the Dudley should be in the tag team picture. The Lucha Dragons. Sinkar is out with the injury, so obviously the Lucha Dragons couldn't be in the tag team picture. Although, although it does allow Kalisto to get into that singles competitor. Uh, realm for a little bit until Seam Cara comes back. Uh, but the New Day versus the Usos. I already had relatively high expectations for this match because they're just great, uh, two great tag teams, great worth eth- work ethic, great in-ring psychology, storytelling. These guys have it all. Um, only thing that was kind of scaring me about this match was it was following Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens who just tore the house down in an instant classic at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Um... New Day versus the Usos, I gotta say, it was a pretty good match overall. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, these guys are always gonna deliver in my eyes. Uh, New Day introducing uh, their new additional member to their little faction, Francesca 2, the trombone. Um, I don't know how I feel about that just yet. Honestly, it's just to add on to the little comedy bit. Um, but I feel like they could have kept pushing a little a little, a little, bit more t-shirt sales off of the Rest in Peace uh, Francesca trombone t-shirts on the WWE uh, shop. Um... I do wish that Xavier Woods would get the opportunity to defend the belt every now and then, but I do realize that the only time that Xavier Woods was actually one of the two tag team wrestlers to defend the tag team titles in the ring, him and Big E were the one chosen. I forget which match uh, they lost it to. They lost it to uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, I'm pretty sure. Um, The only match that he wrestled to defend the belt, uh, he lost. Um, So I guess that's the only downfall, but I do want to see him wrestle more because He's amazing if you guys haven't seen him wrestle outside of the WWE, just YouTube Consequence, Consequences Creed. Um, he's an incredible performer. He's not just, you know, a valet who is hilarious and who can play trombone. Um, but obviously the New Day and the, the Usos tag team match, a great tag team wrestling all around. Um, ob- honestly, the New Day, every time they get into a match together, especially at a pay-per-view, it seems like their, their in-ring chemistry has strengthened even more. Um, there's a lot of little subtleties that they do throughout a match that just shows them how, like how great of a tag team they really are. Um, uh, just stuff like, uh, Kofi Kingston being thrown out to uh, throw out of the ring and then the, them rushing out to get him back into the ring, but then keeping him in the corner so they can get the quick tag as opposed to just rolling him back into the center of the ring and then waiting for him to crawl over to get the tag. Um, it's just little decisions like that that make tag team wrestling so much better. Um, I honestly did not think the Usos were going to win this match. And for those of you who don't know, obviously the New Day did retain their uh, tag team championships uh, against the Usos. 
Um, I thought the ending was pretty good. Uh, it kind of had us on our heels a little bit. Orlando was booing the Usos outrageously hard, um, which like which was a big surprise to me. So like I said, I did not expect Orlando, Florida, to be very vocal with my experience of being at WWE events. Um, but they booed them extremely hard, which is uh, really surprising because uh, they're the baby faces of the tag team division right now. Um, a lot of the tag teams haven't really been established yet to be at that level that the Usos are in terms of baby faceness, I suppose. And on top of that, the Usos are, are Florida natives. Um, and obviously with The Rock being uh, living in Miami and whatnot, John Cena and Tampa, which they do associate themselves with John Cena, but then just get they just got booed every time they would they would pick up some momentum, they would get kicked down hard by the audience, um, which is a little disappointing. Not that big a deal because the action, the f- actual action in the ring, was still great. Uh, it wasn't the best tag team match I've ever seen. Definitely not the best from the Usos. Definitely not the best from the New Day. It was just solid overall. It did its job. Um, I don't know when the New Day is go- are going to drop the Tag Team Championships. I don't think they are going to or should drop them anytime soon. These guys are on fire right now. They are selling merchandise like no other. They are f- all- they're pretty fresh every week. I mean, at least in the ring. They are great in the ring every single week, regardless of how you may uh, you people may might feel about you know their shtick getting a little tired now, always coming out. Um, being so goofy and whatnot, but even if the they do decide to take the new day in a different direction, just be a little bit more aggressive, these guys are still going to be on fire uh, throughout the entire match. The Usos were getting booed extremely hard, while the new day was getting cheered for everything they were doing. Even Xavier Woods on the outside with the trombone, always getting cheered on. Um, match did its job. I think that the new day should hold the championships. Honestly, um. I would say close to the reign of Paul London and Brian Kendrick. I don't know if they should break that title reign exactly. I really don't know how I feel about that yet. Um, they just might. Uh, I know WWE and Paul, well, Triple H and Paul London, they don't have a good relationship. So Triple H, I'm pretty, pretty sure, has a, a lot of pull on those decisions. Um, so if they want that streak broken, they sure they sure could do it. Um, I don't know if they should get close to the longest tag team reign of all time. Uh, will at least break it, but I feel like they should be pretty close. And if they do lose it and they do stay as a group, you know, I feel like a third tag team championship will be in their in their foreseeable future if they ever lose it or when they lose it, uh, better to say. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give the New Day versus the Usos tag team championship match a 3.5 out of 5 star rating. Great match. But that's all I really can say. Uh, moving on, Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio for the United States Championship. Now, this match should have been saved for the Royal Rumble. Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio on Monday Night Raw about a week ago, I'm pretty sure, uh, for the United States Championship. Kalisto getting a massive ups- upset in a fantastic match, a fantastic mid-card match on on the flagship show was just awesome. It was great. And then what does WWE have to do right after he gets this fantastic Rey Mysterio-esque win? They make him lose the championship the next day. Whoever made that decision, awful decision. And not only did he lose the championship the next day on a Tuesday, right after Monday Night Raw, Tuesday at the SmackDown taping. They couldn't even let the, let the kid hold his first championship for more than 24 hours. 
not only did he lose it at the SmackDown taping, they end up giving spoilers about the title uh, the title loss on their Facebook page that night on Tuesday. So what was the point of even trying to watch SmackDown that, thir- or that Thursday on the USA Network when we know that Kalisa was going to lose the championship? You already told us two days before then. I think that was just a very, very, very dumb move in ter- in WWE's favor. It just didn't. It just didn't make any sense at all. It didn't make sense to put the belt on him just to have him lose. And then, then obviously in the Royal Rumble, those of you who haven't seen it yet, Kalisto thankfully regaining the United States Championship. Um, I am extremely happy that Kalisto won the United States Championship. Although he should have never lost it in the first place. Um, if anything, this should should have just been a championship rematch, or it could have been his first title opportunity instead of giving it to him on Monday Night Raw the week before. Now, obviously, since Sin Cara is injured of the Lucha Dragons, which uh, that mask is cursed, whoever is under the Sin Cara mask always, for some reason, gets injured at some point or another. Um, hopefully he comes back pre- pretty quick and they can just pick up where they left off because I do feel like they'd be a great tag team. Uh, I, I do feel like they'd be great tag team champions. Um, but I don't, honestly don't know how I feel about that now, now that Kalisto is in the singles and is a singles competitor and he's tearing it up and now he's the United States champion. Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio 2, the first one was fantastic. This match was great top to bottom too. Um, I don't know if it was better than their first match. Um... It very well held its own against the first match. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, really, really physical again, which I enjoyed. Alberto Del Rio, uh, a lot of classic heel subtleties throughout the match. Uh, uh, beginning to take Kalisto's mask off throughout the match, which is a huge no-no in, in a luchador's world. Um, taking the the padding off of the the ring post, which you don't see often, and actually, well. I take that back. Taking the padding off the ring post and then the ring post, the, unex- the exposed ring post actually being used. You don't see that often, um, at least for heels, um, which is unfortunate. But we saw all that. It was it was really great. Uh, Kaliso establishing himself as a serious singles competitor regardless of his style and regardless of his size. Um, he hasn't really had too many singles opportunities on the main roster. And, and NXT had a few. Uh, and main roster, he's had a few, uh, but he's always been joined at the hip with Sin Cara, um, which is, uh, I mean, great for Sin Cara because if without Kalisto, Sin Cara would not be relevant today, unfortunately. Um, but Kalisto really holding his own. Uh, there was a, a lot of a lot of botches uh, throughout the match, and as much as I hate to say this, although I love Alberto Del Rio's work. Uh, he's a fantastic worker. He kind of lacks charisma majority of the time, which is which is weird because I don't know if any of you have ever, or I guess uh, followed him uh, in Mexico or, or Lucha Underground, uh, particularly Mexico Mexico though when he was in uh, uh, AAA or CMLL. Um, when he speaks in Spanish, his native tongue, when he cuts a promo in Spanish, that is the Alberto Del Rio we should be seeing in the WWE. That is, there's the passion. There's obviously he's more comfortable speaking Spanish, but there's the passion. There's that character. There's el patron, as they call him, and other, and other promotions. And I just hate how he couldn't translate that passion to WWE. I mean, it feels like this run that he has now, 
uh, well, his run as United States champion and I guess kind of being in the upper mid card right now is way better than what he was doing before he got fired from WWE. Um, because before then, he was kind of in limbo. After he lost that World Heavyweight Championship to uh, John Cena, he was in limbo for the longest time before he got fired. Um, so I, I still hope that they can keep him in the mix and keep him as a legitimate threat um, to people, especially champions, the mid-card champions, because uh, we still need to keep those mid-card belts feeling prestigious, feeling valuable, and feeling sought after. It can't just be, oh, the World Heavyweight Championship, and then we got these two other guys with some pretty colored belts. It can't be that way. They need to be prestigious again. John Cena did a great job uh, bringing back the prestige to that belt, regardless of what anybody says. First of all, in those few months that John Cena was United States champion and delivering those United States Open challenges, those were some of the best matches of his career. Um, but I digress. Uh, the match had a lot of botches, particularly from Kalisto. Um, whatever reason that may, may have been, I don't know. It was his first Royal Rumble, so he could have been nervous. The crowd was hot, so that could have, you know, threw him off his game a little bit. Uh, there was part, there was a, uh, one botch in particular where he jumped on Del Rio's back and went for something. It looked like a flip. I don't know what it was going to be. I, re I really wish he would have finished the moves because it looked interesting. Uh, but he ended up falling directly on the top of his head, and it looked really bad. He recovered from it really, uh, really quickly, so I guess it didn't, you know, haze him that much. Um, but it, it looked, oh god, it was ugly. It was just a not. Uh, it was a really poorly execute, uh, executed maneuver. Um, it, for the most part, as Del Rio kind of carried the match, although their first match they both killed it. Um, but Del Rio was just able to recover from those botches a little bit better. Uh, I mean, there was nothing that really broke the momentum of the match per se. Uh, it really the match as a whole really established Kalisto's style. Um, you know, Kalisto's first breakout performance in a major pay per view because uh, he's had great performances in other pay per views, Elimination Chamber and and whatnot, um, and TLC. But this is this is the Royal Rumble. It's it's the second biggest pay per view of the year, or third if you consider SummerSlam bigger. And he finally got his his time to shine. Um, all the matches throughout the night got a great amount of time to tell their stories, and I really enjoyed the finish. Uh, the first SOS or SDS Selena del Sol um, was great, running off the ropes to do it, and then the second one was even better. I thought. And it just was nice little icing on the cake. Uh, but anyways, so Kaliso versus Alberto Del Rio for the United States Championship. I'm gonna have to give this match another 3.5 out of five stars. Great match, not the best I've seen, not the worst I've seen. Did its job. I just hope they don't mess up Kaliso from here on out. And for the love of God, don't have Alberto Del Rio win that championship back. At least not for a long time. Give it some time. Let Kaliso give Kaliso his time to shine, and if anything, have him feud with Sin Cara when he returns. Who knows? As much as I would hate to see that. Anyways, moving on. Charlotte versus Becky Lynch for the Divas Championship. I don't know how exactly I feel about the match. About this match. Now the match was good. Definitely one of the be better Divas matches we have seen in quite some time. Actually, it's probably uh, the best Divas match we've seen on the main roster in quite some time. 
Um, I keep keep in mind, I did say main roster. I, I'm not including NXT in that statement. Um, but Charlotte hasn't... She's not clicking in the main roster as she was clicking in NXT. And I feel like that reason, uh, personally, I feel like that comes from pairing her right off the bat, almost basically right off the bat after the whole PCB uh, team bad and uh, whatever the other team was. After that whole little Divas Revolution uh, fiasco ended, uh, they tear they they hooked up Charlotte with her father Ric Flair right off the bat, not letting her be not letting her be her own character, developing her uh, I guess building up her name on her own, just immediately biting off of the whole Flair name. And it's great if you're gonna be saying you're a Flair, then why isn't your name Charlotte Flair? First off, just go with Charlotte Flair. If you're just gonna go with Charlotte. Cool. You don't need to be biting off of Ric Flair. And I know it's not her decision per se. It's, you know, creatives and maybe even Ric Flair wanting to get involved now. Who's going to say no to Ric Flair? Um, but it just doesn't help her. At least it didn't help her when they were trying to build her up as a, a, a baby face. It didn't make any sense to have Ric Flair there. And then, you know, it, it, it did start to make sense when she started, you know, slowly cheating in matches to be, slowly become a heel and then develop the rivalry with Becky Lynch. But they didn't build her as a babyface enough first, which is causing, I feel, this championship reign to fall flat, especially in comparison to her, her fantastic babyface NXT championship reign, um, which I loved. Um, I don't know. I Honestly, I, I'm pretty sure Charlotte's NXT championship reign was my favorite reign of the Divas champions uh, or the women's champions in NXT, not Divas, thank God. Um it's up in the air between Charlotte and Sasha Banks for the my, my NXT Women's Title Championship reign. Uh, my favorite. I, I really I'd have to go back and see which matches I enjoyed the most. Um, but Charlotte as a champion, it's not that she's bad as a champion. It's just they're relying so heavily on Ric Flair. And as much as I love Ric Flair, uh, he doesn't need to be there anymore. It, it's not even exciting to oh Ric Flair is going to be on Monday Night Raw again this week it's okay it's not it's not really special anymore um it, granted it is the nature boy rick flair but you know I, I went to wrestlemania 24 i saw him have his career ended by Shawn michaels i went to monday night raw the, ne- the next day in orlando and i saw him have his, his retirement speech and his whole uh thank you rick chant and i saw it all that would that's where it should have been left at and he should have been used scarcely from there on out if at all and he's just around all the time. And it'd be different if he was doing more creative things in the WWE. But if it's just being a valet for your daughter, it's not really helping her. Because you're just using your whole 16 World Championship moniker to put her over. But that doesn't put her over because that's not her. It's not Charlotte. It's not Charlotte Flair or whatever you want to call her. So the whole rivalry with Becky Lynch, it's um, it's decent. It's definitely better than uh, Charlotte versus Paige. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Paige right now, um, but I felt like that whole rivalry was uh, pretty awful. It it was just awful. The matches never clicked, in my opinion. There there was one one or two that were you know above average, but for the most part, they weren't. They still weren't giving them enough time to wrestle. And t- t- tonight, Charlotte versus Be- uh, Becky Becky Lynch. They actually gave them time, and the match was very good, very, very good. It was a standout performance from Becky Lynch in particular, uh, both of them being really physical, 
story storytelling uh, on point. Uh, and then, of course, you got uh, Ric Flair on the sidelines. And for those of you who don't know, Charlotte I did retain her Divas Championship against Becky Lynch. And the way she did it in classic Flair fashion is by cheating. Ric Flair being on the uh, uh, on the apron after getting kicked. And he gets on the apron and throws his coat on Becky Lynch's uh, face when she's got Charlotte in the disarmor. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the disarmor at least. Uh, jacket goes on Becky Lynch's face. Uh, Becky Lynch has to break the hold so she can get the jacket off of her. She gets off of Charlotte so she can approach Ric Flair. Uh, ref has his back turned while he's uh, arguing with Flair. Becky Lynch turns around. Charlotte... Thump, uh, pokes Becky Lynch in the eyes and then uh, ends up getting a spear for the win, which is also an interesting choice to end the match. Um, I really don't know why they didn't just have Becky Lynch uh, get poked in the eyes and drop to a knee and take a natural selection. Uh, the spear for Charlotte is not a convincing finisher. I mean, it's, it's okay to use every now and then as a signature move, um, you know, just to throw it in there. I mean, she doesn't deliver it terrible. Uh, it's not great either, especially not for a finisher. Um, but they end the match on a spear off of a dirty move. And cool, I'm all for building up this whole dirty uh, persona of Charlotte. Uh, but I can't help but be like, oh, haha, dirty player in the game. Her dad, she's also winning dirty. Haha, Flair's cheat. We get it. All right. Charlotte needs to build her own identity, and she can't be relying on Ric Flair. I don't know how much longer they're going to keep Ric Flair on board, um, especially if it's going to be altering things like that so drastically. Um, but Becky Lynch stood out in this match extremely. I hope there's even more things for her to come. I hope they get a rematch. Uh, I don't know. It's probably She's probably not going to get a one-on-one -on -one rematch anytime soon. I don't think so. Maybe on Raw. Who knows? Um... Uh, but the biggest pop of that match for the night, obviously being Sasha Banks coming out after the end of the match, and I guess pulling two mini swerves back to back. Because the last time we saw Sasha Banks, uh, she's still a heel with Team Bad, um, even though everyone loved Team Bad. I mean, out of out of the groups, they liked them the most because they were kind of the female New Day. Uh, Sasha Banks undoubtedly being the most loved uh, woman's wrestler from NXT, who hasn't been used properly since she's been on the main roster. Luckily, Becky Lynch has been getting a little bit of spotlight, and so is, you know, Charlotte with the Divas Championship. Um, but Becky, I mean, but Sasha Banks should have gotten some recognition a long time ago. Anyway, she comes out to the ring, approaches Charlotte, and then immediately attacks Becky Lynch. Okay, so we're like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. So we got Sasha Banks, and she's still a heel, and she's attacking Becky Lynch. All right, cool. What's going to happen next? She approaches Charlotte. All right, cool. What's going to happen next? Oh, whoa. It, it looks like they're going to have a little a little pact going on. That's terrible. That I mean, I, I guess some things can come from that. But, oh, never mind. She's going to attack Charlotte, which is what she should have done, thankfully. Um, I, don't, I feel like Sasha Banks shouldn't really have any ties to anyone right now. I mean, maybe relying on Naomi and Tamina in the future if every now and then. But it seems like that whole era of teams is over. It seems like Team Bad is over. Um, since they didn't come out with her at least, and um, and if and if that is over, um, it's it's for the better. It's, I feel like that whole it started off with Naomi being the leader of Team Bad, and it 
then eventually seemed like Sasha Banks was the leader because she was the most popular one. She was the only one getting singles matches for the most part. Naomi got one every now and then, I guess. Uh, but it just it, it hindered Naomi, who should have won a Divas Championship a long time ago, probably two years ago now, maybe even three. Um, she should have won it at WrestleMania 29 um, or before then, and they just didn't do it. So I really don't know what's in store for Naomi, as great as she is. Um, but you got Sasha Banks now. It seems like she's on her own. She comes out. She attacks Becky Lynch. Boom, she's still a heel. And then she attacks heel Charlotte, uh, which kind of making her an anti-hero because um, obviously for the most part majority of us love heels uh, I know WWE tries to get us to boo them and not like them and boo for the baby faces but let's face it heels are more interesting they're more entertaining if they're doing what we want if they're being more physical if they're telling stories better if they're better on the mic we're gonna like the heels better Sasha Banks I if you don't agree with me I'm sorry but She's better in the ring than Becky Lynch. She's better in the ring than Charlotte. And um, she's better. She is definitely better on the mic than both of them. I'm not going to say by how much because the other two are still great. And we've seen them all put on fantastic matches. Uh, but Sasha Banks is the most talented person, uh, woman woman on the roster. Uh, I guess more most well-rounded female competitor on the roster right now. Um so with that, with that saying, they're setting up a little rivalry between Charlotte and Sasha Banks, which can be fantastic. The rivalry in NXT was great. They put on great matches, uh, especially that fatal four-way, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, uh, Becky Lynch, and Bayley. Uh, oh, man, such a great match. It's it's still one of my favorite women's matches, one of my favorite matches in general that I've seen in a while. And um, a lot of good can come out of this. Um, I don't know what's going to be happening in the next four weeks leading up to Fastlane, um, but what it seems like is Sasha Banks going to be challenging Charlotte, um, possibly getting that championship shot at Fastlane. I don't know if she'll pick it up at Fastlane. If she does, that'd be cool. Um, but if she doesn't, um, more than likely I see at WrestleMania 31, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks for the Divas Championship, which would man would tear down the house if they give him enough time granted because even if we get that match if wwe goes all right girls you got this great fantastic match that a lot of people want to see uh you got five minutes oh well huh. so only so much can happen in five minutes you can't do a match properly in five minutes five minutes i say minimum a proper match top to bottom should probably be minimum 10 minutes minimum and that's with the the competitors in the ring knowing what they're going out there to do. That's with some talented people. Um, I would like to see that match be at least 15, 20 minutes at WrestleMania, at least 20 minutes at WrestleMania for a triple threat match with three people that talented. Oh, man, it'd be a robbery if we didn't get that. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be Charlotte versus Sasha Banks at Fastlane. Um, hopefully the triple threat at WrestleMania. I've been, I've been pulling for a, triple th- a women's triple threat at Mania for a while now, and I still haven't got it. And it's killing me inside. Um, <laughs> but you never know. Paige might return sometime soon, and we might see a fatal four-way. I don't know. I'm personally sick of seeing Paige in the women's uh, diva championship picture, at least for right now. I'm not saying that she's not talented or anything. But it, she's just, uh, for me personally, just being shoved down my throat a little bit too much. Um, they've, they've messed up with her in some areas with booking, particularly with the AJ feud. 
um, AJ Lee. Uh, there was just so much wrong done in that feud. Uh, but I digress. Uh, so Charlotte versus Becky Lynch with for the Divas Championship. I'm going to give also a 3.5 out of 5 stars. Actually, I take that back. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 stars. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5 stars for the Sasha Banks inclusion at the end. There we go. And now moving on to the main event. The 2016 Royal Rumble. This has been the most excited I have been for a Royal Rumble in a very, and I mean a very long time. It seems that I haven't been excited for a Royal Rumble. Oh, man. It seems that they've been bad since about, what, 2011, 2010? Uh, the Royal Rumble match itself, not necessarily the pay-per-views. Um, God, they just... They've been being more littered with guest appearances and legends every year. Uh, poor booking, uh, especially when it comes to the Final Four. God, the last two years for the Final Four booking has been abysmal. Abysmal. So I was so worried about this match. Um, you know, the little gimmick on the match being the World Heavyweight Championship is on the line this year. And then also on top of that, Roman Reigns coming in at number one. This, this you know, alarming a lot of people thinking, oh, man, he's going to be another person who wins at the number one spot. Or, oh, man, he's going to last the entire time, and he's going he's gonna to break Rey Mysterio's 62-minute record. Oh, God, let's not. Please, please, Lord, don't, have, don't make him look even stronger than he actually is. And it's not that Roman Reigns is bad. For those of you who say that Roman Reigns is a bad wrestler, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Case closed. He's above average in the ring he's delivered fantastic matches in a lot of areas especially when he was in the shield with tag teams um he's improved significantly on the mic and with his character regardless of whether he's still using the whole shield gimmick and one versus all and all that he's he's slowly coming into his own um should he have had the world heavyweight championship right now I'm not sure, but at the same time, the only reason he had it is because Seth Rollins got injured. I feel like if Seth Rollins never got injured, he either A, would have picked up the belt today today on the, at the Royal Rumble, or maybe you know a pay-per-view or two ago. Not that bad. Um, but Rollins was injured. We have to deal with it. I guess the best move was to go with Reigns. Um, it, it didn't really make much sense for, for him to, I guess, win it and then uh, lose it to Sheamus but, and then win it right back. Um, but I, uh, that was probably just a tactic to get the the money in the bank out of Sheamus's hands, so people wouldn't, you know, keep holding out on that. Because um, man, if Sheamus would be cashing in tonight or any other night after this, a lot of people would be upset. Um, and that's just like another another thing. Uh, Sheamus isn't bad; he's just gotten stale. Um, I had a lot of hope for him when he returned with his whole uh, new new theme and. The mohawk and the beads and the beard. And then booking ruined him once again. But oh well. Anyways, back to the Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns ent enters in at number one. Number two, I'm sitting there. We've all been sitting there. We have been hearing about the Bullet Club. We have been hearing about AJ Styles coming to the WWE for weeks now. We got WWE.com. We got WWE's Instagram and Facebook page hyping this guy up. Oh, there's rumors about AJ Styles coming to the WWE. Could they be true? Oh, no, we got John Cena posting a picture of a young AJ Styles on his Instagram. And for those of you who don't follow John Cena on Instagram, first of all, even if you're not a wrestling fan, follow him on Instagram because he just posts random pictures with no caption. And nine times out of ten, they're hilarious because they're just so random. 
but he posts this picture of John's, uh, of AJ Styles on Instagram. No caption. What could this mean? Obviously, I say probably after the third day of WWE itself speculating on these rumors, um, there was no way AJ Styles wasn't signed. Uh, there's no way that a WWE would invest so much marketing time into somebody if it wasn't true. That's just a huge waste of resources and time that they could be they they could spend. I don't know hyping up surprise guest appearances in the Royal Rumble. Which fun fact, in this 2016 Royal Rumble, there were no surprise legend uh, entrance into the Rumble, which for me was a breath of fresh air. Because although I love seeing, you know. Legends return for a, you know a one night hurrah. It's a waste of a spot for the guys in the back. It's it's a waste of a paycheck um, for the people who are you know busting their butts every night and they do get bonuses for these pay per views. And then you just go ahead and give it to I don't know a DDP. Although when DDP did return, he killed it with all the diamond cutters. Um, but it, there was no surprise uh, guest appearances. Uh, whether you like that, whether you don't. That's personal. I personally enjoyed it. Uh, it was just nice just to see what what talent we're working with right now in the roster, as, uh, especially after all these injuries. A lot of people got some time to shine, even if they didn't get to enter into the Royal Rumble match. Uh, I know all the members of New Day didn't get to enter, but they were still there. All the members of the Social Outcast didn't enter. All the members of, of uh, uh, the League of Nations didn't enter. And by all the members, I mean by Wade Barrett, um, which <laughs> what is going on with Wade Barrett? Who knows? Um, but the Royal Rumble number two comes out Rusev. I'm like, huh, okay. If AJ Styles isn't coming at number two, there's still the possibility of number thirty. But okay, I, that just whew. that means even if he is signed, he won't debut tonight. Maybe he'll debut on Monday Night Raw. And then all of a sudden, curveball number three, AJ Styles. AJ freaking Styles. AJ, the phenomenal one, Styles, debuts at the Royal Rumble as number three. Personally, whoever made the decision to make somebody like Rusev come out as number two and then follow it up with an unexpected number three being AJ Styles, great call. I don't care what anybody says. It blew my mind. The pop in Orlando was ridiculous. Oh, man, it was great. And on top of that, the way that they, I guess, unveiled AJ Styles, it was a close-up shot on Roman Reigns' face. The only thing that you could see is whatever colors coming from that Titantron in the background. And, you know, you see some blue colors. You, you hear some unfamiliar theme. You see Roman Reigns' face. Who is it? Who's this? And then you see him, you know, kind of focusing in. His eyes go a little bit uh, above so he can look at the Titantron. And then you hear the pop in the background without even looking at the ramp. And you just know that it's someone special and you just know because of all these rumors it was AJ Styles just from that level of excitement from the crowd camera pans over AJ Styles coming out to one of the best hip hop themes I have heard in quite some time I think it fits him well um I I know some some people are going to miss his get ready to fly theme uh, uh move on this is WWE he's on to bigger and better things now if he's booked right please help me god anyways the Rumble starts off. Reigns tosses Rusev out like he's garbage. Cool. And I'm like, oh, man, please don't tell me this Rumble, Rumble match is going to be just Reigns. One person comes out. Reigns fights him for a little bit and just tosses him out. And then it's just going to, you know, that's, what, that's how it's going to go. You know, Reigns, Roman Reigns, one versus all. Cool. Oh, please, God, no. AJ Styles comes out. Now it just got real. 
And then I'm thinking, huh, how is this going to go out? Number four comes out. They just toss him out. I'm like, wow, are they just going to have it so it's going to be Roman Reigns and AJ Styles for the entire match where they just keep tossing people out so it's just them? That would be intense. That would be extremely intense. I don't know if I'd, I don't know, necessarily like that per se, but that would be an interesting, different choice in the Royal Rumble that we haven't seen before, especially with someone making their debut, someone as big as AJ Styles. Uh, thankfully or unthankfully, they didn't do that. They ended up, you know, being a uh, another Royal Rumble where, you know, people just running in. Um, however, this Royal Rumble was one of the first Royal Rumbles in a long time where I had no idea what was going to go on. Um, a lot of rumors being if AJ Styles was in the Rumble, he'd be like one of the last, or at least make it to the Final Four, and possibly that he win. I there, I had no, I never thought that he was actually gonna win the Rumble. I thought he was at least gonna make it to the Final Four, um, or maybe you know Final Six or something like that. Uh, but there was rumors maybe AJ Styles is gonna win. Uh, oh no, or maybe you know the people saying, oh well, Roman's number one, of course, and he just got the belt back, so Roman Reigns is gonna be the one who wins the Rumble and retains his championship. Uh, there was a part of my mind that that had that thought. And then, uh, but for the for the majority of the time, I, I, I didn't think that Roman Reigns was actually going to pull it through. Uh, with that, the reason being is because uh, Triple H has been off of Monday Night Raw for a few weeks. Obviously, the Roman Reigns having an ongoing rivalry with the authority and absolutely demolishing Triple H the last time he saw him. So the entire time, I thought that Triple H was going to come out and win. Um, but not going to lie, with all the curveballs throughout this this match, I completely forgot about Triple H. Um, there were there were a lot of good curveballs throughout this Royal Rumble match. Uh, the first one being the phenomenal AJ Styles entering at number three, crazy early into the match. Uh, the second being, no surprise guest appearances from any legends or anything like that. Um, and then I guess number three would have to be Sami Zayn. De- I guess I guess you can count this as his debut because I-, I felt like he was supposed to debut when he fought John Cena for the United States Championship. Um, but Sami Zayn being entered in the Royal Rumble, if he doesn't continue on from here on to the main roster, I, I really don't get the point of putting him in the Royal Rumble. He's ready. He's been more than ready. He should have been, oh man, he should have been called up to the main roster a year ago, two years ago even. Uh, he's been beyond ready oh, a year and a half ago. He's he's gotten a lot better on the mic in NXT. Um, but Sami Zayn, and then obviously entering in at number 30, Triple H. Now, because of a lot of action that I was really paying attention to throughout the match, and rumors of Daniel Bryan possibly being cleared. Um, we all know Daniel Bryan was cleared by his own personal doctors, but he was not cleared by the WWE doctors. And if you don't get cleared by them, you are not allowed to wrestle case closed. Um, there was rumors that he possibly may have been cleared. Um, so I was just hoping if he was that man, Daniel Bryan entering at number 30 this year, like he should have two years ago, you know, um, that didn't happen, and I wasn't that disappointed, but I completely forgot about Triple H entering the match, and I really don't know how. I felt really dumb when Triple H came out, and I was sitting there, and I was like, wow, did I really just forget Triple H was going to come out? Uh, wow, okay. 
Um, but other great moments in the Royal Rumble match, uh, Brock Lesnar coming out and tearing people apart. Uh, the White family, all four, all four members, well, at first, all three members, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, and Braun Strowman, them coming out, them putting on a really strong display, uh, terrorizing people and just tossing people out, but not in a cliche kind of uh, cheesy way, in a way that made sense. These are three massive, monstrous, uh, God, just huge, ruthless people that should be in that match tearing people apart. You know, they did get a, a good number of eliminations. And then I guess another great way to also get them out of there is to have the Beast Incarnate Brock Lesnar be the one to do it, which, you know, makes him seem legitimate and makes them seem like a threat and like, oh, the conqueror of the of the people who were uh, causing so much demise in the Rumble match. So Brock Lesnar enters the match, comes out, throws out Eric Rowan almost immediately. Poor guy. He can't catch a break in this company. Uh, Luke Harper is in there for a little bit longer. He takes him out. Uh, and then he ends up, uh, in the long run, eliminating Braun Strowman. Wyatt comes out. Little awesome face down between Wyatt and Lesnar. And then he just gets beat down by the Wyatt family and tossed out. Um, I don't know how I feel about Lesnar being eliminated so early, at least, to the uh, before he was in the Final Four, at least. Um, it makes sense that the Wyatt family is the one to do it because there's rumors of him of Lesnar facing Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, which I don't know how that's going to help either of them. If Lesnar wins, cool, you just kind of sort of buried Braun Strowman. And if Braun Strowman wins, okay, you kind of sort of just beat the guy who broke Undertaker's streak and was the World Heavyweight Champion. Well, three or four, four-time World Heavyweight Champion. Um, okay, so great. I don't know how that match can help anyone, really. Um... But the Wyatts were the ones to eliminate Brock Lesnar, which was probably the best move, um, especially to set up that rivalry. And uh, Wyatt's left in there alone. I've wanted Wyatt to have a stronger display. He had a way stronger display himself. Uh, the Wyatt family as a whole were a great presence in the Rumble, but Wyatt, Bray Wyatt himself had a much stronger performance in the 2015 Royal Rumble. And um, I don't know. He should have... I felt like more Bray could have done more. Um, who were the final four? I'm pretty sure the final four were Dean Ambrose. Uh, yeah, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, and Triple H. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And it was just great. It was it was great to see Dean Ambrose get to the final four again, and thankfully have mo do more than just get tossed out like a utter garbage like last year. God, the Royal Rumble, the 2015 Royal Rumble was a mess. And um, so we had Bray Wyatt not do much and just, you know, eventually just get tossed out. Uh, Ziggler, an another fan favorite, although he's been losing a lot of steam lately. Uh, he had a decent showing, better than last year, thankfully. Um, eventually, there's a cool little showdown between Dolph Ziggler and Triple H that kind of just reminded me of Triple H and Shawn Michaels with all the super kicks and whatnot. Um, and I hate to say that because I love Dolph Ziggler and I want him to be his own wrestler, but he's just so similar to Shawn Michaels, and that's, I feel like, is his downfall, ultimately. Um, uh, Triple H having a pretty good showing. Um, uh, being the one to eliminate Roman Reigns was a big deal, and for those of you who don't know, Triple H is now our new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, which was the most, not the most, but a 
which was predicted for Triple H to come out and win the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, it's more than likely the best move because Orlando would have exploded if Reigns would have retained. Um, but it just makes it feel a little bit weird because the last two were Dean Ambrose and Triple H. They could have had Dean Ambrose win the World Heavyweight Championship and be uh, somebody who also had held the World Heavyweight Championship and the, and the Intercontinental Championship. But he also would have been the first to hold that particular WWE World Heavyweight Championship with that Intercontinental Championship. That would have been really cool. Um, Dean Ambrose didn't win, making it seem like, ah, oh, another time where he couldn't win the championship. This is the third time. He got gypped in the Seth Rollins match at Elimination Chamber. I'm pretty sure it was Elimination Chamber. Um, he lost in the tournament against Reigns, and now he lost at the Royal Rumble. Um, which, in the long run, I feel like is going to work out for him. It's going to make it feel like more of a chase, which is what they should have done for Roman Reigns, but oh well, I digress. Um, Triple H wins the World Heavyweight Championship. Where do they go from here? That's the question. Is Triple H actually going to main event WrestleMania? The WrestleMania where they, they're trying to break the attendance record for most people in a stadium? It's, well, break the attendance record at the Cowboy Stadium? I love Triple H, but I don't know if he's that big of a draw anymore to, to the point where you're going to be breaking attendance records. I don't know. There's a lot of people injured right now. A lot of key people injured right now. You got John Cena injured. You got Undertaker, although he's scheduled to wrestle at WrestleMania 32. This might be his last WrestleMania. He might even not be ready to go. It's just there's so many. You got Cesaro injured, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Tyson Kidd, Sin Cara. Um... Oh man, just so many people are just not are, are not ready for WrestleMania, especially the biggest. Oh, you got Sting injured as well. You got Sting, the biggest people being injured: Seth Rollins, John Cena, Sting, Randy Orton. Those are some big names. Those are some big draws. And if you don't have those people to draw people uh, to your event, it Triple H for the main event. It's not that I'm against it. It's been a while since we've seen Triple H in, in the main event, or um. And it's been a while since we've seen him with the belt. I definitely think he deserves at least one more run. If this is his last run, make it a good one. Um, I don't know if he should get to 15, like Cena. Uh, I have no doubt Cena will break that break or tie Ric Flair's record at least. But I feel like 14 title reigns for Triple H is a good number to end on. Um, if he if he does main event WrestleMania, I don't know who it should be against. If it's Triple H versus Reigns, I I'm not for that. Um, if it's Triple H versus Reigns at Fastlane, that's a different story. If Reigns picks up the belt again at Fastlane, making him a three-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion, I don't know how I feel about that either. It's just making uh, multiple title reigns seem meaningless. It's not about the, the how many times you hold it; it's about how long you hold it. Um, CM Punk only held the WWE World Heavyweight Championship twice, and one of those was for 434 days. And I don't care who's listening to this. If you're just like, oh, here's another person talking about CM Punk, get over it, he's gone. Uh, no, he's one of the greatest WWE performers, one of the greatest wrestlers to have ever been on this planet. Case closed. That's why he's still relevant. Um, but I digress from that as well. We'll talk about that another time. But where do they go on from here? What does WWE do? What is going to be booked? Um... It was such. There were so many interesting things that happened in the Royal Rumble. Uh, the one of the biggest things, one of my favorite moments, although a lot of people might be upset about this, which is what was supposed to happen, was Kevin Owens being the one to eliminate the phenomenal AJ Styles halfway through the match. Dang, the heat 
the heat that Kevin Owens got, and then what was crazy that you heard him get that heat from that crowd, and then it just got subdued really quickly because they were like, wow, Kevin Owens, as much as I hate him right now, he is just so good. And that is an example of a heel that we're supposed to hate, but we can't because he's just so talented on the mic, and he's so talented in the ring, and the only people who are genuinely going to hate him are the casual fans and the children. That's basically it. He's just so good. Even the small idiot, the little the little subtleties in the match in the Royal Rumble, he did it itself, where he starts duking it out with a with AJ. Where we had a little moment where it was AJ versus AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens versus uh, Neville. Oh, they just gave the little they gave the indie guys just this little spot, and it was great. It was really short, but it was just so magical to see. Uh, AJ Styles goes for a Styles class on uh, Styles clash on Neville. Kevin Owens hits him with AJ Styles with a super kick, grabs AJ Styles, goes, welcome to WWE, AJ, and tosses him out of the ring for the elimination. If that is not a pure, unadulterated heel, I don't know what is. It made me love him even more. I want to see what they're going to do with AJ Styles. I want to see what they're going to do with Kevin Owens, because in the middle of the match, Kevin Owens enters the match. Then you had Dean Ambrose come out. They continued the little feud from their amazing match going on. Everyone's thinking that they'll probably continue that rivalry. But then all of a sudden, you see you see Kevin Owens eliminating AJ Styles, setting up another potential rivalry, and then Ke- and then Sami Zayn comes out immediately after that, and then continues their rivalry from NXT, and Sami Zayn eliminates Kevin Owens. There's just so much going on with Kevin Owens, and that's what's making him one of the best wrestlers in WWE, one of the best wrestlers and storytellers in the world, is that he can do it all and then some with multiple people. He's just so captivating to watch. Just like, oh my god, when he was transitioning from NXT to the main roster, there was at one point in NXT, he was feuding with Sami Zayn, he was feuding with uh, Samoa Joe, uh, he started, fe- he had a mini feud with Solomon Crow before he got released, he was feuding with William Regal backstage, um, and then he got to the main roster, he immediately starts feuding with John Cena, and then a little bit of a mini feud with, ne- with Neville too. It was just, he had so much going on, and he pulled them all off at the same time. It's just so much could be done with Kevin Owens. I, I, originally, I thought that the final four of this match was probably going to come down between uh, a Triple H, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and then if AJ Styles would debut, which he did, AJ Styles. But if he didn't, I would say my fourth choice was probably going to be Bray Wyatt. And there was, for a moment, I thought that Bray Wyatt, Wyatt was going to be the one to actually win the whole thing. Um for uh, say I had the scenario playing on in my head where if they really wanted to get Bray Wyatt back into that main event picture because he he never really got to it in the the few moments that we had was what the money in the bank ladder match I think for the championship I think that was his only title shot um but other than that he's been using these random rivalries for the most part uh, the most significant being the undertaker uh this is basically it the shield rivalry was fantastic a few years ago and uh, I don't know, Daniel Bryan, but he hasn't been, he still has this great mystique, this great character. He delivers on the mic almost every time, in the ring almost every time. Just so much could be done. He could be this generation's Undertaker-esque character. Will he ever be that level? I don't know. I can't say that. Honestly, no one will ever be at the level of the Undertaker. But they have someone who could possibly possibly be someone for this generation of wrestling fans. So I'm thinking, huh, if they really want to rebuild Bray Wyatt... What do they do? Well, maybe they put the belt on him. But how do they do that? So the scenario I had in my head was the final five people in in this match being Roman Reigns, 
Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, and Braun Strowman. Roman Reigns is completely surrounded by the Wyatt family. He gets demolished, absolutely wrecked, possibly to the point of blood from the mouth or blood from the nose for a solid 10 to 15 minutes, which would kind of continue on the Bray Wyatt-Roman Reigns rivalry from a few months ago. He gets demolished. Bray Wyatt, or either, well, more than likely Bray Wyatt would order his, his family to pick him up, casually toss him out of the ring. They all celebrate for a little bit. Crowd goes wild. That Reigns just got eliminated. But now you still need to crown a world heavyweight champion. Wyatt's in the middle of the ring. You got Braun Strowman on one on one side of the ring, Luke Harper on one, Eric Rowan on one. They all turn inwards to look at Wyatt. He gives them a signal. They all willingly eliminate themselves to crown Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, the WWE world heavyweight champion. And I feel like this would have been interesting and would have built Bray Wyatt so much more as this cult-like leader, this weird, mystical dark and just creepy character that can control these people and they will do anything they say they are just going to willingly give up the greatest prize in all the professional wrestling because this guy told him so i felt like that would have been really interesting but now we got triple h as our world heavyweight champion what's going to go next i don't know what's going to go for wrestlemania i don't know all I know is that this Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 2016, so I'm going to give the Royal Rumble match a solid, a solid 4.5 out of 5. It's so close to a 5. It is so close. I was on my, the edge of my seat the entire time because every time I thought one of my picks was going to you know, make it through, they would just get eliminated. Kevin Owens got eliminated. Sami Zayn, uh, hopeful maybe, got eliminated. AJ Styles got tossed out in the middle of it. You got Roman Reigns who had this weird, awful bit or, or, or spot where he got taken out of the match for a bit because he got jumped by the League of Nations. He's out for more majority of the match now. He comes back, though. Thankfully, instead of having him come back at the last one or two people, he gets eliminated. You had Brock Lesnar, this beast, get eliminated. You had all the Wyatt family members get eliminated. I was like, what is going on? I don't know. There's so many twists and turns. And then you had Ambrose which is Triple H, and I, there was that one moment because so many crazy things were happening, I was like, wow, what if they actually make Ambrose a champion? And I wish they would have given it more time between Triple H and Ambrose, just a little bit more wrestling time one-on-one. -on -one. Not as much as, uh, per se, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, but maybe another five minutes or so, so they can go at it. It was only like another minute, minute and a half before Ambrose got tossed out. But the show ends on a high note. We don't have Reigns as champion, which a lot of people might be upset about. A lot of people might be happy. We might we have Triple H as our champion now, which a lot of people might be happy about. A lot of people might be upset about. I think it's interesting. Um, interesting because he hasn't been champion in a while, and interesting because there's so many directions to take it. Because I know right now Triple H, his only thing is putting people over now, ironically. Unless he doesn't like you. So... We'll see what happens in the upcoming weeks. We'll see what happens building up the fast lane. We'll see what happens building up to WrestleMania. And we'll see what happens in the world of WWE. If you like this podcast, you can find me on YouTube. Just uh, YouTube Lopez Talks. If you like this podcast, just subscribe to me on iTunes. Just I go on iTunes and search Lopez Talks. Subscribe on both of them. I'm even on SoundCloud. Uh, next discussion about wrestling in general will probably be about fast lane, or maybe even the build up to wrestlemania what sh what should happen what's going to happen who knows there's just so much exciting stuff happening in the wrestling world right now and if you are not a wrestling fan i'm telling you 
it is a lot of fun. It is a great time. Get just suspend your dis, your disbelief just for a second, like you do with everything else, and know that this is a form of entertainment. This is an art form in itself. So many things go on in the WWE. This is theater. This is stage combat. This is a rock concert. This is a sport all in itself. So much happens in professional wrestling. So much happens in the WWE. And if you hear the excitement in my voice, if you hear the passion in my voice, this is not just because I don't know that it's scripted or anything like that. This is because it is a good product with so much unpredictability at times that this this pay-per-view, Royal Rumble 2016, is one of the reasons why I am a wrestling fan. Top to bottom, I give Royal Rumble 2016 a solid 4 out of 5. Thank you, everybody. Subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes, and have a good day.